Hello, everyone. So nice to join you again here on Inside LAFC. It's Max and Vince. We've been off for a little bit for several reasons. Fourth of July was one. We had yeah. some time off here because holidays. of the gap the holidays. I, I know what, we looked at that gap for LAFC between June 1st and June 28th, at least the league gap, and we were saying, all right, well, how are we going to fill this? I think we filled it with uh, doing other things. Yeah. <laughs> but we kept busy. We kept busy, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, I had things I, I had to get done. I mean, there, <laughs> was, things. there was no way around it, and the, yeah. the team kept busy d- despite, you know, how, how long did we go between league games? Like 28 days at one 27 point? 27 days. 43 days between league home games. That's a long time. That's yeah, a month and a half. So, hey, well, this is Inside LFC. Let me remind you really quickly to please subscribe, tell a friend, leave reviews and comments. We'd love to hear from you as we're going to ramp things back up. We're getting ready for the second half of the season. A lot has happened since we last spoke to you. Uh, just this past week, two games, two earthquakes. <laughs> not, of the hey, San Jose, <laughs> not of the San Jose variety. Not of the San Jose variety. Real earthquakes. If anyone's listening in the town of Ridgecrest, I just want to let you know we're thinking of you. I know I can't even imagine what's going through your head after being at the epicenter of this, but uh, stand firm and uh, yeah, we're sending all, all the good vibes, maybe vibes, just the good, the good thoughts. Yeah. But um, yeah, we all felt that was crazy. Yeah. I blame myself. I come back to LA and I get back to back earthquakes. I felt both pretty significantly. I, the, okay, the first one I did not feel, and I was actually on a run in Long Beach and came back and was, everyone was like, there was an earthquake. I, I, I was literally you just running. Had a good pace going. I must have. Uh, I was literally running, didn't feel it. The second one, for sure. I mean, that was a good roller for yeah. a minute and a half. Um, it's interesting to see the, the players' takes. I mean, uh, we didn't have any major earthquakes uh, last season, so there's a lot of guys that this is their welcome to L.A., welcome to California moment, and I don't think they liked it. I spoke to Team Security Paul, who was here, and he said there was, I think there's three players here, uh, and he told everyone to go onto the field, the performance center, because there's nothing above you. There's no glass, so that's a safe place to go. But Danilo was one of them. He said he did not feel it, and there's a couple of the players who said they did. Anyhow. Classic Danilo. Just Classic calm, de- yeah, calm was, demeanor, center feels. back. Classic center knob. back. <laughs> you know what else? You know what else is going on, and we can uh, since we haven't been on for a while, we can throw this back to uh, our last episode. Today is the opening day of the MLS secondary transfer window, oh. and if you have not already I see some heard, teams it, already signing players. If you have not, teams have already signed some players. There's already rumors again flying around LAFC. If you not already heard it, please go back and listen to the past episode with John Thorrington. Uh, it will be your primer for the rest of this month. He lays out basically the whole kind of scouting strategy without going too too far into detail and basically tells you what you maybe should believe and what you maybe should kind of push aside. I'll yeah. tell you one right now. There's you a f- certain, there's certain Frenchman that there's been a video made of him, his supposed official announcement. Just look at the number that's on the back of that jersey. It's number 10 for Hatim Ben Arfa. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say, even if we were signing him, he's not going to be wearing number 10 anytime soon. No. So... Again, these are things to keep in mind when you're looking at these rumors. Start to parse out some of the details, and you can maybe, without even asking people, but you can always ask me and Max because we are obviously dialed in. Um, you can maybe, without asking people, know that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, I would s- suggest listening again or listen for the first time to the John Thorrington podcast. You can find it where our podcast is found. And also just think about what LAFC has done to build their team to this point, and maybe that'll give you a good blueprint. Because, you know, they're probably going to go the same direction, you know, as to uh, a kind of player. If there's a player out there 
I mean, right now, I mean, maybe you fill some depth. Do you get a big featured player? I, I don't know. I, I mean, you do that. You could see players coming in. I would say this is if we're talking outside the DP level, yes, I could see players coming in to fill depth spots. But at the DP spot where you're, you're going to be spending money, the, it's going to have to be the absolute be the guy you want. right guy, right moment. It's going to be someone, I guarantee you, that's not going to come out of the blue. Because these guys track these players for yeah. long periods of time. Maybe it'll come out of the blue for you. Maybe if you're Maybe thinking, for you. oh, we're going to get but Daniel they, De Rossi, which was mentioned, which obviously wasn't the case, or Anton Grease. And now supposedly he's retiring after everyone thought he was here. So think, just think that through All right. and keep it in mind. I think what's interesting is what other teams will be doing to try and close the gap. You know, yeah. we saw in the first window I, I, what the Timbers did. You see what maybe the Galaxy might do. You see what some Eastern Conference teams look to prop themselves above. I think that's something you watch to see because it's all kind of with LAFC in mind at this point because that's the bull of the woods. That's the target you're going after. Uh, we're going to talk about what LAFC did. I want to say one more thing about the earthquake. My wife made me go to Costco immediately after and lug maybe 8,000 bottles of water and also tons of batteries. And I feel better about it, but that's what uh, I did on the uh, I always, Saturday after the second earthquake. I mean... Your wife's a smart woman. Yeah. There's clearly Guess what? She wasn't the only one who thought that when I got to Costco. Oh yeah, I'm sure you were in line for quite some time. Finding a parking spot. But I did get a giant jar of uh, pickled asparagus, which I started digging into. <laughs> All right. That's what that was my, I'm that not was touching my that. reward. And my son who goes there and he goes he hits every sample. Every, you know, little sample place. I go, Really? Max Rice cakes. They have the samples for a reason. He has it because I'm Take advantage. All. All right. <laughs> so we could, look, we could look back, but I want to focus on the week that LAFC had heading into the U.S. Open Cup. We'll talk about the Portland game. We are also going to talk about Women's World Cup. Lauren Terry. LT. LT. You know her, love her. If you don't know her, you love her work. You'll see it all the time on all the platforms here on uh, LAFC, whether it's Instagram or Twitter or our .com. You'll see her tremendous work, which is uh, right now LAFC is second to none. I'm, I'm not saying that because I work here. I've seen it. It's it's miles. They are setting the blueprint. That's why I came here. That's why you came here. Yeah. Because they're doing something different, and it's really exciting. And I think many years from now, they'll look back at what LAFC was able to do, not just on the field, but at, behind the camera. Yeah. And see what they could do. But she was going to talk about Women's World Cup. She was a, uh, a decorated player in her day, and she's going to fix what we said. We swung a miss. We swung a miss badly. We yeah. went down together. We we looked at it. We said uh, none of the core has changed. Coach brings the same players. It's never usually a good sign, uh, you know, in terms of repeating. And then they went and just smashed us. I mean, they did. They did. I'm happy to be wrong on this one. I was just like, okay, maybe I'm 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 drinking that yeah European Kool Aid. I think for, right when they beat France, I was like, oh. I, I swung a miss here. Yeah. They, they've got they've got this. Every time they said something, they backed it up and backed it up. With panache, I mean, it was... I would say the French kind of blew it. I thought they had an opportunity. They to get The talent there was good enough, and they just went right when they should have gone left. Yeah, when you're the Couldn't home... stay on side to save their lives. Yeah, you're the home country. I, I, yeah, of course. You're the home country. You should, you should have some kind of built-in advantage. But Talent-wise, it looked like they had they, it. Otherwise, I don't think anyone anywhere near the U.S. Case of point, they, they win it. Really, convi- they, never, they never trailed. What do they give up? The one goal? I think I posted their goal differential was like plus 24 in a tournament of seven games. Eesh, unbelievable. They're better than they were four years ago. Yeah. LAFC is probably the only team that is playing at that level 
anywhere in the world. Because I was watching Copa America Gold Cup. There was nothing as fluid and as beautiful and as commanding as LAFC. Last two games, 11 goals. Uh, we, will, we do talk about the, Rap, uh, the Colorado Rapids game. That's a blip. They lost one zip. <laughs> and then they responded in a huge way, demolishing sporting at their place and then coming home, falling behind Vancouver, and then we're all getting nervous for a minute, and then setting a single season, rec- a single game record with six goals. We knew it was coming. It's coming. And seven goals looks like it's going to be coming at some point as well. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I said after the Colorado game, and everyone was upset, and I, I get it. Look, that, that game set up in the best way possible for the Rapids. A set-piece goal, delays. They were disrupting the game with fouls all game. I mean, they, they literally could not have scripted it any better. But on the turnaround from it, it was only the second loss of the season. I know we don't want to lose any games, but only second loss. On the turnaround from it, I said, LAFC always does a great job of bouncing back from adversity. Last season, they only lost twice on two occasions. Obviously, this season, I've never have not... Uh, lost twice in a row. So I knew they were going to come out. That sporting game actually wasn't probably the most free-flowing, beautiful game, but no. but the the determination was there because, like I said, they come out in games after they've lost and say, okay, we, we fully understand that we messed that one up, probably should have gotten something from it, and they should have maybe gotten a draw out of that. Um, and they go, okay, well, this is not going to happen one way or the other. By hook or by crook, we're gonna, we are going to... Good use of that expression, one of my favorites. Yeah, we are going to turn this in our, into our advantage, and it... Uh, KC was peppering them for the first 25 yeah. minutes. KC is, I, I love I love it when these two teams play because sporting, they push for it. I mean, this is, they're really struggling. Maybe it was in their best interest to kind of play mm-hmm. a little cautious, but this is the way they play. They move forward, they press high, and, you know, that kind of plays in the LAFC's hands where we saw Vancouver's tactics very uh, specific uh, and telegraphed with the five defenders and clogging lanes. But I love sporting did that, and I – you're going to get games like that. And that was like a real fun game for me to call on YouTube TV and just fun to watch as well. I look at these two games too, and just the wide variety of ways they are scoring mm-hmm. is just so op- gives you so much optimism about what this team could do. And without scoring, actually one place they didn't score is from the penalty spot in these two games, correct? Yeah, we haven't got, we have, well, we they, had a, they finally got their first free kick goal. First free kick goal. Uh, Christian Ramirez yeah. of all people. Well, <laughs> Christian Ramirez going, going down when everyone went else, when else went up. Sometimes it's good to go, get, sometimes it's good to get down, if you know what I mean, Jelly Bean. So, it went, it got the free kick, you get goals from a counterattack in some way, shape, or form. You get goals from outside the box, which is something I think was on the list with Mark Anthony K. Yep. Hitting that, you get, I mean, even Rossi's. Carlos does his normal thing. Yeah, Carlos does his thing. Carlos get a header goal as well. <laughs> that was uh, that was cheeky. That was it a fun was little cheeky. header. It was right in front, but it's it's unbelievable and the confidence, how well they take their chances, and good chances that create, and even half chances they they take and they score as well. It's it's unbelievable. And both those games, at the end, these teams were hanging on for dear life. Where you could, I mean, even the sporting game when El Manier run rips mm-hmm. run, it was almost like. Wait, anyone else has had a goal? I'm going to get in on this too, which is exactly what yeah. he did. I'm actually glad he didn't pass. Like, just keep going. You beat four or five guys. You've ran 60 yards. Go ahead. Have it yourself. But, yeah, the, the thing is this, and we talked about this, and I think it gets overblown a little bit when, when this break came up. We were like, oh, they're, they're just so hot right now. Will, will the time off slow them down? I don't – that to me, that's like a – it's a cliche a little yeah, bit. Maybe a however, little bit. However, with the guys that they had out, 
in in international duty. Obviously, Mark comes back sporting, and he has a decent game against sporting, but you're now seeing these guys get back up to rhythm. So it's like, it didn't really, it, I guess in a way, yes, it did slow them down, but not to the, I think people thought they were going to fall flat, and I think they just needed to... Because that's kind of what happened last year right. a bit in the second half. Yeah. But when it, there was a legit international break mm-hmm. with your best player gone yeah. for the World Cup. But Here it, it was it too, but... They missed players, without a doubt. Yeah. There were teams that were affected more, and it was a great situation with the MLS. So many teams have so many players in the African Cup of Nations, in Copa America, in uh, Gold Cup. the Gold Cup. Everywhere, there were players getting international call-ups. Yeah. But I, I think what we're seeing is they – so they, they kind of and, – and I would look out if you're an MLS team. The, the dip kind of happened, and then now it's gone. I mean, they that Vancouver game was – it was fun to watch, and – I was down there for like the last five minutes, uh, just right on pitch side. And somebody asked this question in the, in the post game. Is like said, looked like you guys were having a lot of fun, like you were just trying to one up each other. And it did kind of look like that. Like they were, they were just kind of breezing the ball around, kicking around, smiles everywhere. Uh, I do remember at one point they they kind of were just not doing much of anything, and Bob just kept yelling, passes, passes, find passes, because he was he was upset with them for not like. Let's keep going. Like keep finding your That's rhythm. That's their best defense is yes. to not let the other team touch the ball. Move yes, move the ball, get it into dangerous areas because the the deeper you can progress that ball into a dangerous area, the more you can press up as a unit. Even when you lose the ball, then what happens? Our counter press, which is the most lethal weapon we have outside of Carlos Vela. I think there's something also that's happened with the Vancouver game because I think Vancouver earlier in the season with that victory said, "All right." We look forward to playing LFC because this could change our season, which it did for them. They got better. They mm-hmm. were having an awful start. Colorado says that. But I think now there's this dread. There has to be this dread to come in here when they're fully loaded. Now you have Walker Zimmerman and Tyler Miller. The last two internationals are back, and that depth will be in place. There has to be that dread for MLS clubs the same way. Don't at me when I compare LFC to like a Manchester City, but the same way uh, – Bournemouth, I don't know, not Bournemouth's not the best one, but a Watford would feel when they have to play Man City and say, oh boy, how do we navigate this? How do we do it where we don't walk out with our tail between our legs? So now the same thing, I think every team, and we'll find out how the Galaxy and Atlanta, how they fit in this whole situation, because those are two of the... The Galaxy are the second best point-wise right now, and Atlanta's the reigning champs. I think those are going to be interesting ones, but I think they kind of fall in the same pot where, like, how do we handle this and how do we avoid the same fate that Sporting and Vancouver felt? Yeah, I think you really have to rely on your tactics if your team's coming in, especially if you're playing LFC while LFC is at home. You have to put something in place, something new, and, and that's where teams can falter, right? That's, that's one of the, the hallmarks of this LFC team. It's not that they don't care about tactics. It's just they, they want to do the same thing every match. Home and away, this is our style of football. We want to find the game and put the game on our terms with our style of football. Whereas teams playing against LFC are going to say, yeah, normally at home we play this way. Oh, man, we're coming up against this. We've got to deal with this. Well, maybe we've got to move an extra defender. Maybe we've got to get a guy in here. So if you don't get your tactics right for 90 minutes, you're not going to survive. And that's so difficult. It's not... You know, I love tactics as much as the next guy, but I, I think they're a little bit more overblown than even we think. Like, at the end of the day, it's your your game model, your game philosophy that you carry on throughout because if you have players every week where you're saying, okay, we're playing this way, we're playing this way, oh, different opponent, guys, uh, we got to change some things up. You can't expect these guys to every to, to switch. When, when games are 
are decided on a matter of maybe a, a split second decision, you can expect a guy to switch on exactly what you told him every single time. And with LFC, really, they just grind teams down. So much, so much possession, always trying to be dangerous with the possession. It's not like, eh, we'll pass it around the side, then we'll go up the wing a little bit. No, it's, we're going to go to the side to get to the middle, and then we're going to go right at, and try to punch you right in the face. Tactics have been great. Finishing's been great. Scoring's been great. Uh, we haven't really touched on Pablo Cisniega on this pod, so maybe we just touch a little bit because he, Tyler Miller is the number one. He's gonna, he is back, and he will take that job here. But you could not ask for more. I mean, he did have that flub <laughs> against Vancouver that allowed that one goal. Other than that, and I think that's important for him. I think he almost needs to feel those situations when things go so well because against Sporting Kansas City, he saves the penalty and had this heroic game, and he's done that for the most part. But you have a guy... I think throughout this stretch, you sit there and go, wow, we have we have a really good keeper that's, in, in case of emergency, is ready to go, and a guy who is going to push Tyler. We know about Eddie, and Eddie finally made the MLS Player of the Week, uh, Team of the Week. That was our handiwork. And Lobbying then, every Walker's week. Walker's there, the fullbacks. I mean, Jordan and Steven uh, Beta Shore, some other guys were able to get in here over this these last couple, Tristan last couple games. Tristan Blackman Fantastic. has put his hand up. But Pablo Cisniega is a guy that uh, – for two reasons that I gave you, has put this team in, on an even better ground, another even better platform. Yeah, maybe selfishly or sadomasochistically, I wanted to kind of see Pablo get like have an air and try to have to deal with it, and we finally got to see it. I, I think because I, I kept saying to people, he he's been Robbie Musto in the booth said doing. that he goes, "You need that because you need to have a bigger sample size to see before you rush in and say, hey, this guy could be the number one now.' No." Those things happen, and it's good. I think from a professional like Robbie Musto to say it, I was like, that's a that's yeah. a very good moment, even though it's not something he's going to be happy about. No, he's not going to be happy. But if there's anybody that can come back from that, when you think about Pablo with his injury that we learned about with the spleen injury, uh, also his pedigree, his mother is a sports psychologist. He talked about how she really built him up in those moments and really kind of helped him. I mean, he, he has that mindset. But, yeah, you do want to see it. Like, I want to see a response. I want to see you get mad. I want to see you play different. Look, at it's pure shot-stopping, Pablo has been uh, lights out. He, he can't beat it. I think progressively he's gotten a little bit guilty of being a little less sharp with his feet. They're not going to like to see that. But you're right. I mean, there's a real decision to be made. I'm happy we're not. Neither of us have to make that decision. But, man, that's uh, to, go from, to go from season one to where we bring in Tyler Miller and they did their homework. But this was a guy that had not, never started more than two games. And then he goes the whole season, and you say, he's a bona fide, legit number one to the point where he's called into the January camp. He's called into the Gold Cup. Now we have a backup on top of it that we could say, he might be just as good. I mean, this is a very, very good problem to have. They have two expansion teams coming in. They're probably going to have him in their crosshairs, you would think. Yeah. I don't want to put that out into the, strat, the air right now. Thanks, Max. You did it. We have Nashville and Miami. You know David Beckham listens to this podcast religiously. Hello, Hello Dave. All right, so that's where we stand. All right, we have a lot of good stuff coming up on Inside LAFC. Ahead, we will preview the highly anticipated quarterfinal matchup in the U.S. Open Cup, the Portland Timbers. Get your tickets available. Get them now. Uh, you could sit in some really great spots there at Bank of California. Let's see if we can beat the quarterfinal record from a year ago. We got 17,000 plus. We set that record a year ago. Let's do it. Let's do it again. Wednesday night, Let's, we'll, have a co- we'll have a cold one afterwards. Me, you, and Vince. Get ready for that. We'll preview. But up next, Lauren Terry, our videographer and content maestro, will join us. 
to talk about the Women's World Cup. This is Inside LAFC. Tristan Blackman, tidy ball. He almost scored. Mark Anthony K from long range. K! Yes! All right, we are back here on Inside LAFC. It takes a while to say that because it's been a minute. It's been a long time. How long is it? Three weeks. This is the we middle. This is the middle segment. So we're, we we're already probably already going to all talk about it. Just showing people how the sausage I'm gets made. Inside LAFC. Sometimes yeah. I have to get back in the rhythm. And I probably told you to subscribe to the podcast. Yeah. That's all great. Introduce our guest, Lauren Terry, aka the Terry Dactyl. Follow her on Instagram. You, you look very excited about joining us here. I'm very excited. You are. Um, I'm very <laughs> nervous. I'm normally like behind the camera or the mic. In the sense yeah, well, your voice is cracking a little bit. No, that's just how I talk. No, it's not. Yes, you're, it no, it's not. <laughs> Would you relax? I'm relaxed. We're, you're amongst friends. I'm, I'm good. Well, let, let's be fair. Anytime someone <laughs> asks me, what do you do for a living? And I say, I work for LFC. And they go, oh, great. What do you do at LFC? And I say, oh, I work in digital. And they say, I love your videos. I always go, yeah, I don't. I don't have anything to do with that. I can tell you who does. I can tell you who does. So if you've been to an LFC match, you have definitely seen Lauren on the sidelines tracking goals in super slow-mo um, and then cutting it all up for us and making it look really good. But if you've run into me, I take credit for that. So <laughs> now that we're pulled the curtain back, the reality is right. that people like Lauren do all the but beautiful the, work, beautiful, the, beautiful content created on a regular basis. The reason we've coerced Lauren to go on because she did not want to go on <laughs> was to talk about the Women's World Cup. And Max, I think you and I both have to admit, oh, uh, we, we swung and missed we in did. our World Cup preview. We, yeah, I, I we well, speak for both of us. We uh, we were under the impression that the Europeans were going to bring it. I thought as the tournament would go on, they'd feel more comfortable because this, you know, the old adage, hey, they could sleep close to maybe in their own beds. Maybe the French could or whatever. They're close. They could see their friends. That didn't mean anything. The U.S. looked more comfortable as they went on. So, uh, yeah, we, I guess I was angling to say the French were going to win, which I guess if any team was going to beat them, it was them that gave them their best game. But the U.S. looked even better. I mean, you saw it four years ago to your, how would you compare the progress from one team to the next? I mean, I just, I see where you guys are coming from, um, but I knew they were going <laughs> to bring it home. It. I knew they were going to bring it home. Why? They always do. Cause they're badass. That's okay. Badass so let's team. channel that. <laughs> Because that is what that is. I think that to me, what comes out is they're like a bunch of pro wrestlers. They come out and they do an interview and they talk the talk, and then they come out and they beat up Ricky Steamboat, make him bleed. That's an old nineteen. I'm sorry, dated reference. So dated. So, but Both that's of us just they talked over. it and they walked it, and that's impressive. Because some people are like, oh, here they are. Megan Rapinoe's talking about going to the White House and go, hey, one step at a time. She knew she was going to get invited to the White House because they were going to win this thing. They were previewing games way in advance they knew they were going to go through that I guess I was naive yeah um, and I was really I should just say I'm really impressed yeah um, definitely impressed I mean Rapino did say that they were going to do it they did it and it's I think the thing that a lot of people forget is it's not just this year that they were going to bring the action I mean they've done it every single year for a very long time so it's just really cool to like see them you know win it all and, and they said that it. they would and they did and that's great. Well, you had so many people commenting on this team and on their personalities, on the way they play, but I feel like the loudest voices were the ones that hadn't watched this team. You've watched this team, and we can go back to how far you've yeah, watched this team. Let's do that. When, when, when you hear about, but when you hear about people saying the things that they said about people like Megan Rapino, Alex Morgan, like what was your reaction? Because you actually know these, you know these players from when they started, from how far they've come. 
I mean, tell us from an actual person that actually has an idea of this team. What what were your thoughts? Were like, did you love it when she was calling her shot? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it it goes back to like forever ago. I mean, I've I've played my entire life. Um, soccer has been everything. One of my like earliest memories is in grade school when we had to do those like three panel cardboard like projects. You know, <laughs> where you have to like do something in front of the class, and the topic was like, who is uh, your? Oh, sorry. Who is your? Your uh, number. I was just making sure it was getting up a bit. Oh, okay. Um, who's <laughs> who's your hero? You know. And like kids were saying, like my mom's my hero, my dad's my hero, my grandparents <laughs> are my me. hero. <laughs> and I mom. did an entire report in like the first or second grade on Mia Hamm. Like she was my hero. That is who I looked up to. And um, just like ever since the beginning, like that. I mean, I guess essentially that '99 team. They're the people that like pushed me from the very beginning to kind of just keep striving for more and keep doing my best so when this year came up and I mean like people like Alex Morgan and Rapino have been in it for a very long time but don't forget the greats like you know the Brandy Chastains and the Mia Hams and the Brianna Scurries who was my person because I'm a goalkeeper who's so. better though who this team's won back to <laughs> the, the the core of this team has won back-to-back World Cups are they better than the 99s because I would say that is the competition better it is it's better now isn't it it's just different I mean okay. I, I think that just soccer football what have you in the u.s has definitely progressed over time so it's hard to compare that 99 team to now um they're just definitely way different but they equally bring that grit and just that like hard work that everyone was expecting and it's they're both just great they're different <laughs> great but different yeah who who's your go-to now brianna scurry but is it <laughs> is it the goalkeeper because for me honest so honest to god the goalkeeper I did not know much about because obviously there's that lingering specter of Hope Solo yeah. just floating around this whole World Cup. But the goalkeeper for the U.S., obviously in that England game, that save, yeah. I mean, she was, uh, I was surprised she didn't win keeper of the tournament. I feel like they felt like maybe they've given the U.S. so many awards, so they yeah. gave it to yeah, the yeah. Netherlands keeper who also was great. Um, but yeah, is, is she your go-to now? Like who who's the, who's the champ on the team for you? There's too. Wow, I didn't think you would ask that question. <laughs> There's too many to choose from. I mean, obviously the. I keeper. did an all tournament team. I had nine Americans in there. Oh, okay. How's that? That's fair. <laughs> that is fair. Um, I looked at it. I was trying to be down the line. I was like, nope, nope. You know, making a PK save is huge in any tournament, and let alone the World Cup. And she, it was a PK save, correct? Yeah. yeah. That's huge. Um, so obviously when I saw that, I was like, MVP, that's amazing. Like that's everything that a goalkeeper like wants in that moment. And so it's funny because I don't know if anyone else noticed this, but during the match, she makes that save. The England game, yeah. Correct, yeah. yeah. She makes that save and everyone runs to her and they're trying to like be with her and like hug her and love on her. And she's just like them back, game mode. Back she's game. like, go away, like let's go, let's push up. So I think that was a direct quote, go away. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if she said that. I'm not putting words in her mouth, but. LT said she didn't want to come on and talk X's and O's. She gets great, straight, straight into the goalkeeper mentality, <laughs> protecting the, fr- the, or it wouldn't be, soror- it would be sorority? We always say like the fraternity of goalkeepers, but. Soror- Why are you touching that keepers? one? <laughs> it is, I don't know. Sorority. The union of goalkeepers. I like union. We'll go with that. No, that sounds weird too. Yeah, that's immediately what I noticed. And I was like, that is something that I totally did. Because like, I'll see videos or like old photos of me making big saves. And I just have like this like mad face on. And everyone else is like, yeah. And so anyway, I could relate to her in that moment. And so she, she killed it. She was great. They were just... Technically better. Roosevelt was my favorite because 
left footers, we have to stick together. <laughs> it's just beautiful. It looks like Angel Di Maria going, shh, shh, shh. Are you and Robin sliding through there. Um, bigger, more technical, stronger, faster. It was everything, everything across, everything you give the advantage to in hindsight now or in retrospect. When I look back at it, it's crazy that I would even thought anything less. I, again, I thought they were closing up, but I mean, I look at Haran and, and Ertz, and it's like players don't even want any part of that. You, you avoid that because you know you're going to get consumed. You know you're going to get gobbled up by them in, the, in, in, in whether the midfield, that it's, it's like an avenue you don't even want to take. Mm. It's, it's unbelievable. And it, it was just like a cut above uh, in every department. But I think I focused on that because I just saw teams avoiding that as much as they could, but you can't avoid it because they're going to gobble you up. Yeah, I mean, that core is always there. Um, Ertz killed it as normal. Um, I thought she was I thought she was the MVP just because she was so dominant and so much better than anyone at a position, yeah. I thought. I mean, but there's there's tons. I mean, we can make can, a whole yeah. list of, like, how many people were good. Um, Crystal Dunn, she was huge last World Cup, and I think that people, like, kind of just forgot about her, but she played a lot this this whole tournament, and she was still really, really great. So there were there were a lot of people. Not her normal position either. Oh, she's okay. a forward. Normally, I mean, came into it as yeah, forward. Yeah. I think the they they now. looked at her and said, maybe we could put you in the midfield. And then they said, you know, you have so many skills and attributes going forward, but you're also very tactically savvy and have the the speed and the legs to get back. That they they yeah. put her there. And yeah, I think it's hard for me to pick between her and Rose Lavelle as like the big breakout star because, and f oddly enough, she makes that huge tackle that springs Rose mm -hmm. Lavelle in the final mm -hmm. and, and scores that goal. But, but my, my question to you is now like, so Max kind of alluded to it. Like where, where do we go now? Like, what do you look, you look at this team, you look at these players for you, you played college soccer. I mean, some of these players are your peers. You, these are people that you've, you've seen grown. You, I mean, I know you reach back to Mia Hamm and yeah. we all, we all look back to, at that and say, you know, those were the greats. Those are what inspired you. But now you're looking at people that you're like, I, I, I played against mm -hmm. similar players, things like that. Mm -hmm. Who are you seeing as, as kind of taking the mantle for Megan Rapino Cause she'll be 37, I believe if yeah. the next, if she decides to play in the next world cup. Right. Um, you know, I think that's just, it's going to be a huge team effort from all of them. I mean, they're all growing into their positions and growing into the people and the players that they are. Um, I mean, I definitely Alex Morgan is up there. She's trying to like make a stance and, you know, inspire women across the board and just let them know that, you can keep striving for a little bit more in everything that you do, not not just sports. So, um, I, I mean, I think it's it's up for grabs. I think every single woman on that team is fully capable of kind of taking the reins and, you know, just pushing them forward. <laughs> and from a personal level, so you talked about 99 and how that inspired you. Now that you work in the sport, <laughs> you know, like I said, the, a lot of these women are your peers. I mean, what's the story of the of the World Cup now going forward? Like for you, what what was the story of the World Cup, and what do you, you know, what emotions? What do you feel is the story going forward for for women like yourself, for everybody watching this mm -hmm. team? Um, you know, going into college and just growing up in general, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I didn't know like what field I was going to be in. So when I fell in love with video, and obviously played sports my entire life, um, I kind of just like kept wondering, you know, what's going to be the top and what can I keep doing to get to the top? And so just seeing these women's teams progress and keep winning cups and keep winning medals um, is truly just an inspiration because 
when I start feeling like maybe I'm getting a little bit complacent, I can keep telling myself like, no, that's not where you stop. There's always a little bit more. Just keep pushing no matter what people tell you or what you might think you're not capable of doing. Um, these girls just truly show that like the sky is the limit. Um, boundaries are meant to be pushed and you can just keep moving forward and just there's more out there. There's definitely more for you to keep pushing towards. We've done 10 minutes. So I'll, last question. <laughs> okay, sure. Or do you want to keep going? Whatever. You're right. killing it. Is good. As nervous as you were, you're killing it. I so. feel like a broken record. I think this is a good one to kind of, because look, the World Cup's great. The World Cup uh, delivered uh, eyeballs, everything across the board. The big question is between World Cups, where does the women's game go? I get the impression that this really is that, that, that moment where at least some growth will happen. I think there's going to be enough people on it that will say we have to keep this momentum whether it's through the NWSL, whether it's through new competitions. I would say that this is not the USA's fault, but the rest of the world has to do their part because if the USA wants to the USA wants to get people's eyeballs, they need a rival, they need a foil, they need someone that's going to go, oh, here comes that, like the US has with Mexico or whatever. But do you see, or and this is important from your perspective because you're on a content side as well, about what we need to do to keep this visible. Mm-hmm. Where... What needs to be done, even in, in, in small doses or in, yeah. the, in short range, yeah. to keep that momentum going? Um, I mean, first of all, just the traction that this World Cup in particular brought to the world was huge. I mean, the viewership in that final was astronomical. So um, I'm definitely seeing, you know, progress in that. Um, I think we got to start with just supporting women. I think women got to support women. We got to go to those NWSL games. We got to go see these. I mean, yes, these girls are, they're stars and they played in the World Cup, but they're also playing in our hometown states as well. They're out there in America in these different cities. um, And we got to go out there and we got to support them and we got to cheer for them just like we would MLS, you know? Because there's a lot of women watching MLS. There's a lot of women watching the men's game. And if they are, if they got that hook, Mm-hmm. I think that's a good starting point. Yeah, and we see that a lot at LAFC. I mean, there's there's so many women supporters that whether they've supported soccer from the very beginning or if they're brand new to LA and they just found this team, like something with this team has clicked in females in LA. And, you know, they have this love for the game and there, there's always more. There's always more to watch. So, um, yeah, I think it just starts with, A, women supporting women, but everyone's got to go watch these games. You got to support them after the World Cup. It doesn't just start there. Like four years from now, there's going to be another World Cup. They're starting today. You know, that 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 training starts now for another World Cup championship. So we just got to, we got to keep supporting them and let them know how awesome they are. They've done their part, I think. And yeah, support, not just the women, the men. But I think they'll, they'll, they'll develop things where they will, uh, where there will be appealing games. I think that's coming. And if it's not, I'll do it. Okay. I'll do it. <laughs> Lauren, you were fantastic. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. We will continue. You can't on. wait for the next one, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll That's get good. you in on something. <laughs> we'll get you in. More Inside LAFC. We'll be right back. We will talk about the U.S. Open Cup. Big game Wednesday night at the bank. Not much in the forms of attack. Atuesta, Tavella. Uh-oh. Carlitos. To the left boot. Deflected, it's number four. I don't know if he's going to claim it. I'll let you know shortly. 
But I can tell you four unanswered goals for LAFC. And we're just in the 54th minute. Back here on Inside LAFC, Wednesday night quarterfinals of the U.S. Open Cup, LAFC, Portland Timbers. Now, with this game, this will be the team the LAC has faced the most. It'll be six games. Yeah. More than Real Salt Lake. Wow. Uh, Max with the stats. Look at you. Wait, they would have played at Real Salt Lake, so they played them four. They'll play them five times at the end of the season. So those two teams, way ahead of the Galaxy, by the way. Correct. They have three meetings. So they've got to meet the Galaxy in U.S. Open Cup play or the playoffs, which they almost did, but Portland smashed the Galaxy. Smashed. In the round of 16. So the Timbers are playing well, but they've had they've been beaten soundly by LAFC in the two games, including what has to be the biggest bruise of the campaign, losing and their home opener at Providence Park, 3-2, to two, a game that really LAFC had and took by the scruff of the neck. So I will start with this. LAFC's start to the season, and both these teams have busy schedules coming in, and afterwards LAFC has to be in Houston for a game Friday. Yes. Which is crazy because they're playing Wednesday here. So everyone had to navigate it, and they've I, I know Portland rested a lot of guys for their game at Yankee Stadium. On Sunday, now they get ready for this one. They played Valeri. They played Brian Fernandez. They played Sebastian Blanco. Will all those three start? I don't know. So, I mean, this is a big point. But I, I the, point, the reason I bring this up is because LAFC, now that they have this huge gap in the league play, they can put a lot more eggs in this basket, correct? Yeah, I was actually kind of looking at this and wondering about it because the the start that Portland had kind of forces them into it's do or die in almost every match that they play in from here on out. Whereas LAFC can say, "Yeah, we have to go to Houston," and we respect all competitions, but I would assume that they're saying, "Yes, we have to go to Houston, but this is the game for this week. This is the knockout winner take all. Houston, we can we can get there when we get there, but we're going to put our our full players in because, like you said, the Timbers were in New York." They played a that's an A team. Yeah. Whereas LAFC against Vancouver got to rest some guys, Jordan Harvey, Stephen Betashore, uh Latif Blessing, who need, who that's very, right. very much needed a rest. He's been everywhere on the pitch. The revolving forward situation, you can you can bring Christian Ramirez back, yep. who has been uh, a regular at that position for most of the season. But to me, yeah, Wednesday would be the day that this will be your A lineup and all the stops will be pulled out if with any substitutions. There will be no one being held back because we have a game two days later. Whereas Portland Look, I, th- I think that they're going to look at it probably the same way. But there's a, it's got to be in the back of their head that every point we drop in MLS is keeping us that much farther away. Because as of right now, they are below the playoff line. They have games in hand. I would say I'm not a fan a of games of in games. hand. A lot of home games and games in hand. But those are what ifs, right? Yeah. It's dangerous. Portland's in a very precarious situation. Uh, they've... they've Playing better here as of late and getting to go to New York and winning and actually ending, I believe, was a 12-game unbeaten streak for NYCFC. Mm-hmm. That is significant. I, that puts them in a much better frame of mind here. With Brian Fernandez taking one shot in that game. Yes. I, and does Brian Fernandez, look, he's been great, but they've put a heavy burden on his shoulders since he arrived. He's 24. He can take it. He wants to play. He kind of reminds you a lot of Carlos Vela, in at least in these early stages, that he's like, this is my club. I want to win. I want to play all the time. Seems like a great teammate. I and mean, he gets along with Wells. I think they really hit it. They paid. Uh, it was, you had to pay a heavy price to get him. 
but it seems like it was worth it right now. But does he go 90? Does Valeri go start from this game and do it? I would imagine so. Portland hasn't won a U.S. Open Cup. That's there. And this is, you know, we keep talking about three wins away from a, a Open Cup. Portland's got to be saying that and saying, look, we got to make the playoffs, but if we can slip in, we're a dangerous team. It's so congested right now, but there's a lot of games to play, but it's so congested. You don't know what's going to happen with the games in hand, but you're three wins away. So it, it, to me, it makes it a very fascinating setup. I can't wait to see the lineups for both teams. But again, Portland has to has to tread a little bit lightly here, I think. Yeah, I've, but again, I feel like it's just in the back of your mind. Yeah, I think it's going to be strength on strength. Good. You, you look that's at, the way we like it. Yeah, that's the way we like it. You look, that's what I was trying to get at. It's it's important. It's it's yeah. a big game for them. But you're you're right. I mean, the so Brian Fernandez come in the league and he's been nothing short of spectacular. Set a new record five, five his first five appearances five goals. Has just one shot in that New York game. I don't know. Does that mean is he is he looking ahead? Is he feeling the the high usage rate? Um, you know, it's one thing when a player doesn't score, but when his his shot totals are down, that's a different that's different. And and the way that this team plays, where basically they're going to say, okay, we got seven guys behind the ball at all times. I mean, really, they go four in the back, three in front of them, and then they let they'll let Valeri kind of float and let Brian Fernandez pick his spot so that they can just kind of get out and run because they have a guy in Brian Fernandez that he can take it one v two. I mean, yeah. especially if Valeri's the one feeding him the ball. But man, he's he, he's had to do a lot of hard running because they they're not possession oriented. It's not like he's doing these are little 10, 15 yard runs. We're talking 20, 25 yard hard runs, and I think that that's going to be the the way forward for them again. Because we've seen it every time a team and they did it. Actually, we saw it in the second game of the season. It's funny that Portland two years in a row has thought, hey, maybe we could be more possession oriented. We'll come out a little bit, and they just got smacked. LSU's put seven goals on them in two games, home yeah. and away combined. So. This is uh, Portland has to, they've they've tried that tactic and it didn't work out and they were like many teams unable to stem the tide that is LAFC. What's interesting when they play like precarious where they're like we we be like a pragmatic mix of both where we kind of go forward LAFC takes takes care of business when they but when they go one extreme to the other that's when LAFC has a little bit of problems so if they're gonna keep those seven guys back and make LAFC kind of pass around them and move them. They can be very dangerous on the counterattack. And then in that that second game at home, when Portland decided, we're, we're going for it. Just throw it out. Let's just go. And they just bombed forward. Yeah. They, they gave it everything they had. They they gave LAFC some problems, but we counterpunched. Yeah. And, you know, Latif got that goal, that third, all-important third goal. I always talk about it. It seems like if LAFC gets the third goal, it is the most important goal in the entire match. It's an interesting dilemma for Portland because, I, look, you have the horses to go for it, but I think when – this was a road game against New York City, we, and they get the victory. I think they conceded 65 66% of possession. I would imagine that. I imagine certainly playing at L.A. They'll be fortunate to get an early goal, and that could change things. You can't rely on it, but they'll be hoping to imitate what they did there. But who's no? If you get the early goal, we've seen from LAFC, they're not gonna, that doesn't get, that's not going to discourage them. They'll find they'll find an opening somewhere as they did against the Whitecaps and I'd say I put Portland above and they've rotated their players so they they'll be in a good position in that way, but LAFC finds a way. Yeah, I don't think it's one of those things where I, I wouldn't say that they like take a deep breath when they give up the goal, but I feel like then they give up one goal, they just think, okay, this gives us even more impetus to go forward. 
we've got to really go for it now, guys. We can't. There's no way we're just going to win this game 1-0 because that's already out the window. So, guys, let's go for it. Let's do it. I mean, we saw it against Vancouver. I, and I think the Vancouver is just a kind of a fluky one. But we, early in the season, uh, we went down against Sporting. We were able to flip that. There's been a few games where they've said, one goal doesn't matter. We know we're going to get our chances. We just need to finish them. All right. So there you go. Wednesday night, make sure you get your tickets if you haven't already. I'll be calling the game with Lori Lindsay if you have ESPN. Plus, we get to the game Wednesday night. You don't know what's going to happen in the semifinals. You may have to hit the road, but if they can get by this Portland team, you have left. You've got New York City, Orlando. You have New Mexico, New Mexico, uh, Mexico St. Louis. You have Minnesota's playing uh, New Mexico. There's a shot here. This looks like one of those kind of final before the final yeah. type games. So this is, and I don't this think this is we, what the competition wants. This is what the competition guy. wants. I mean the. The Open Cup, it didn't know it at the time, but now if they look back on that that game, that Portland uh, LAFC game, they have to be seeing that, seeing the, the little skirmishes and going, yeah, yeah, this is what we want. We need some heat. We need some fire in these matchups. I mean, this is this is not LAFC playing a good team that they're just like, yeah, we respect you. We're going to play you. No, these teams do not like yeah, each other. Remember, a year ago, it was the they filed the uh, complaint about the uh, There's history. exceeding the, uh, the foreign players. And it, it, the result got held up, remember, a year ago. So this is this is going to get a little gnarly, and I think that's the way we like it. Yep. This is why this rivalry is come. Uh, it's obviously Galaxy's A number one, but this Portland one has grown organically to be a really good, nasty rivalry. I love it. And you get to see it on Wednesday night. That's it for Inside LAFC. Vince LaRosa, you can see him, follow him on all his social media handles, and me, my, you, whatever. Just... just <laughs> Tell everyone about it. Hopefully, this you podcast. know us by now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know us. We're family. All right, we'll see you next time here on Inside LAFC.